And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry, and we're excited about today's program as we're going to be talking about Bible prophecies missionaries. So stay tuned and make sure you share this program, those of you following us live via social media with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. And uh, Lord, it's exciting that you have given us prophecies to tell the future so that we can not only have a blessed hope, but share that hope with others. So I pray today, Lord, that you will share your hope through us to all those who tuned in and they in turn can share it with others as well. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. I get tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about Bible prophecy missionaries. Again, very excited about today's program. Keep us in prayer as we have a lot of wonderful information to share with you. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother. Always, always, always good to be talking about the Bible with you. Ooh, I'm also just as excited. You and I, it's always good news, Nathan. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, bad news has happened all over the world, but the Bible is filled with good news and hope for the future. Just got to get through some dark spots first. So uh, I hope that everybody's tuned in. Uh, I know it's rough out there right now, and there's a lot of worry, especially the election coming up and how the country's going to go and the riots and uh natural disasters, all you name it. There's a lot going on. But the Lord said those would be like birth pains leading up to his soon return. And when he returns, God's going to set everything right and we'll be in the millennial kingdom. And I'm just so excited that is just around the corner. Amen. And that is the good news. And you're right, Nathan, there's so much bad news and negative things happening around the world. And it's nice to be able to also bring about the wonderful things that God is doing, some good news. And, and that's why we're excited about uh, today's program. But Nathan, before we continue, maybe someone is new to our program and they're not sure who we are, what we do and what the ministry is all about. Can you share uh, that for someone who's maybe new so they can get a hold of our ministry? Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, Vic and I are both evangelists with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that in a number of different ways, and primarily through our television program, which is called <clears throat> excuse me, Christ in Prophecy. It's now airing in its 18th season and on all the major TV networks. You can also find it on our website at ChristInProphecy.org. There we have tons of articles and magazines, newsletters you can subscribe to, social media you can join in, uh, short videos like the inbox and prophetic perspectives. And uh, we just want to help you get excited about the Lord's return. So we have tons of information on our website and check it out, Bible Prophecy. Uh, it's all there on ChristInProphecy.org. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. Yeah, Nathan, I've also been uh, uh, having a lot of fun with uh, uh, with a perspective, prophecy perspective programs. You had some wonderful guests. I just wanted to uh, uh, talk a little bit about the, who, who did you have recently on and uh, how did that go? Well, our TV shows are, are pre-recorded sometimes a month or two, even three months ahead from the air date. And so uh, Bible prophecy events, signs of the end times have been happening so fast that our TV show can't keep up with them. So we've created a, a daily, maybe three, four times a week, short videos, three, five, seven minutes tops. And they're about Bible prophecy and they relate to events that are current, that are happening today. And they're called prophetic perspectives. They're primarily found on our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel, as well as our Christ in Prophecy Facebook group and page. 
and our Instagram account as well. And folks can check this out. Uh, primarily, I'd say go to YouTube and uh, look under our Christ and Prophecy channel and uh, Prophetic Perspectives playlist. We've had uh, quite a blessing of number of Pastor Glenn Meredith, who's uh, my pastor, and Dr. David Reagan, our founder's pastor as well. Uh, we've had uh, Alan Parr, who's got that wonderful YouTube channel, The Beat. We've had Billy Crone, who everybody knows Billy Crone in the Bible prophecy circles. Uh, we've had Marsha Coonley. Uh, we've also had, um, uh, let's see, uh, Eric Hovind of Creation Today Ministries. Uh, we've had uh, quite a number of other people on there as well, either through Zoom or in person when they're out here at our studio. So, Vic, we need to get you on, brother, and have you on some of those perspectives as well. Absolutely. Well, Nathan, I, al I always don't want to take on the, all, all the spotlight. You know, I'm glad that you that you invited all these guys. <laughs> Oh, there's always a place for you, brother. <laughs> and we want to give a shout out to all those names that you mentioned, and we thank them for being part of the ministry and also their wonderful ministry. So those of you that are part of this program, make sure you check out those resources and also pray for them. So thank you, Nathan, for sharing that. Uh, Nathan, of course, you and I, we're always on an, a new adventure. The Bible is adventurous. Every time we open up the scriptures, Nathan, you would agree that it's almost like a, a, a new revelation and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit takes us on a different journey. And our, the programs that you and I do really come out of uh, basically spending time with the Lord. Well, that's the way to, to study the Bible. You know, you, you get, we, speaking of Alan Parr, we had him on uh, today's prophetic, prophetic perspective is about the Bible study blahs, how we can get tired of reading our Bible. And he gives us 10 points about how we can do better in Bible study. And uh, one of them was to allow the pray beforehand and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in your reading. And sure enough, we could read the same passages over and over and over again across our lives. But there are times when the Holy Spirit moves us and, and opens our eyes and helps us understand the, what he's trying to say that we might have just passed over in the past. And so that's why getting into the Bible and, and asking the Holy Spirit's guidance ahead of time is so important. Not that we come up with new revelations on our own, but we understand the immense, infinite depth of the Word of God better and better. We're like swimming, and we're swimming deeper and deeper, and in a bottomless pool, so to speak. And uh, it's very important to, to understand God's Word, because that's how He connects with us in this day and age until we finally get to see Jesus Christ face to face. Mm -hmm. Well said. Thank you so much, Nathan. That is so true. I want to encourage you that are part of this program. Get your Bibles ready because we're going to take you, Nathan and I are going to take you on a Bible prophecy missions trip right now. So get ready to travel with us as we're going to be uncovering uh, this great teaching about the rapture, but also those that brought about this message in their missionary journeys. And of course, we're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 17. We're going to be looking at verses 10 through 15 as we consider the Apostle Paul, one of these Bible prophecy missionaries. So Nathan, will you be able to take us there and read those passages for us? Oh, absolutely. So let's go to Acts 17, uh, starting with verse 10. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. There were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scripture daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, 
but both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and received a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, and they departed. Mm. Nathan, I love Paul's missionary journeys. I remember I took a, a, a few courses at uh, Trinity uh, University many years back in Miami, and one of my projects was to um, do a map of Paul's missionary journeys. And I just, I always found it so exciting to see all these different places uh, where he will stop on his missionary journeys and also the teams uh, that were following him. And here we, we're, here is talking to us about some of those uh, places that he actually set foot on. And Paul, being a, a Jew and a very learned uh, rabbi, one of the most learned men of his time period, and uh, he would start with the Jewish synagogue first. Paul always taught first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. So every town he'd go into, he'd start in the synagogue, and probably because they'd accept him as a Jew, and then he'd explain from scriptures that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. More often than not, the Jewish people rejected uh, Paul, and usually they didn't end up getting the crowd stirred up, and Paul and his companions would get beaten or exiled or <laughs> you name it. But here we get this word Berean, and, and this is where the Bereans are, are looked through at history because of this as, as examples of how Christians should approach the Bible. They approached it with curiosity and steadfastness. They dug into the scriptures, and they, they checked to make sure they didn't just accept what Paul said right face value. They dug into the Bible, and they wanted to know what the God had to say. And so the uh, Bereans have been commended for it, the Jews and Gentiles in that town, men and women. Uh, there was no boundaries for the church. Uh, that's what was amazing in that society when people were judged by class, by ethnicity, by male or female. But the church, none of that matters. Uh, men, women, any class, slave-free, or any race or, or ethnicity, excuse me, they're all the same. And uh, they all came to know Jesus Christ because Paul was sent as a missionary, evangelist, uh, apologist, <laughs> slash prophet to each of these towns. And he always took a posse with them. They, we always think of Paul, but <laughs> with companions that also taught along with him. I like that, the posse. I haven't heard that. Were you from the Bronx as well as I was? Oh, it's probably <laughs> left over from the 90s, right? Wasn't Arsenio Hall, didn't he have the... His musicians were a posse or something like that. <laughs> That's true. Well, no, you're right. So Paul did have his posse, his group, his missionary team to follow along with him. And Nathan, you made a very good point. We, when it comes to Bible prophecy especially, we do need to be like Bereans. We need to dig deep so that we can get those nuggets of Bible prophecy and revelations from the Lord. And I mean, that's what you and I do. We really dig deep and we start pulling out nuggets uh, that then we can share with people uh, so that they can also be excited about it. Sometimes people say, Vic, where do you guys get your titles for your messages from? And really it comes right from the word of God, right, Nathan? Right. And, and just to give Vic credit, folks, Vic comes up with the ideas for each week and he comes up with the titles. The Lord leads on me. He comes up with the verses, too. I'm always shocked. Like, oh, I never thought of that verse in that subject. Very good. And I know you pick my brain, but but Vic's the, the brain behind coming up with these ideas. The Lord leads them every week. And it's because, Vic, right, you're in the Word daily, and the Lord says, hey, I want you to talk about this this week, and you do. Yeah, and Nathan, and that's the ex that's the exciting part about Bereans and Bible prophecy. Sometimes people uh, listen to you or myself and they think, man, I could never understand the Bible like they can. But the reality is they can, Nathan. They just have to continue to spend time in prayer and the Lord and asking him to reveal to them Bible prophecy and how it all lines up together. 
Absolutely. You got to do that uh, five letter word, that bad word that people hate. It's S T U D. It's study. You have to go in there and you have to read the verses. We've uh, been blessed this week on Christ and Prophecy to have Dr. Ron Rhodes with us. He's a prolific Bible prophecy expert, over 80 books in the subject. And, and he says that uh, when you get into studying the Bible, you don't just take one verse out of context. You have to read all the verses related to that topic to form an, uh, you know, what the what does the Bible mean? And a lot of people don't want to do that. So, man, I get questions. Uh, I take all the questions that come in a Bible related to the ministry. And a lot of times people come with these really crazy ideas. And it's because they're lifting one verse out and they're not taking it into context and they're not comparing it to other passages that talk about that same subject. And that's a very important, especially as we deal with the subject of the second coming of Christ and the rapture of the church. A lot of confusion over that. They, they'll see the rapture and second coming the same when it's really two stages of the same event. And so that's why you have to dig in there and, and study the Bible, read all the verses, and the Lord will help guide you in the framework that he's created because he wants us to know the future. Mm, ex excellent point, Nathan. And that's exactly why I find this uh, to be fascinating and encouraging to people as we're looking at this uh uh, Paul's missionary journeys as he's bringing about uh, this message of hope, this message of the future. And as he's journeying on, of course, you just read for us there his stay in the, uh, Macedonia and then Thessalonica. The, the, he was there um, uh, speaking regarding the Bereans. And then we find an interesting uh, small book uh, in First Thessalonians that you and I really spent quite a bit of time a number of years ago uh, going through First and Second Thessalonians, but it really shows us how this wonderful message of Bible prophecy and the rapture, uh, how it came about, and the people that carry this message, why they were so excited. Would you be able, Nathan, to uh, take us a little bit in the future there in Paul's missionary journeys, and let's uh, let's go to First Thessalonians chapter one and read verses six through ten, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Absolutely. So Acts gives us the play-by-play -play as as Paul and his team traveled around on three different missionary journeys. But <clears throat> how we really know what happened during that time more in detail is through the letters, also called uh, Pauline epistles, that Paul wrote. Epistle means letter, so uh, there's lots of epistles. John wrote them, Jude wrote them. But Paul's were called Pauline epistles because Paul wrote them. And in 1 Thessalonians, a letter to, his first letter to the church in Thessalonica, he wrote verse 6, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. For from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith towards God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declared concerning us what manner of entry we had to you. And how you turn to God from idols to serving the living and true God, and to wait for a son from heaven whom he raised the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Hmm. Nathan, I love that passage. And here we have, according to history, Nathan, you would agree, this was really a baby church. It wasn't really established for that uh, many uh, years. And yet we have uh, these individuals in verse 8, they were on fire uh, for the word of God and the message that came to them. Verse 8 says, from, from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only Macedonia and Achaia, which we were looking in the book of Acts, he says, but also in every place your faith towards God has gone out 
so that we do not need to say anything. In other words, something excited them so much, right, Nathan, that they just had to go out and tell everyone about it. Absolutely. And bear in mind what their background was. Uh, this is a, the Roman Empire at the time period. Thessalonica uh, was a Greek-controlled and then Roman-controlled, and the people were enslaved to uh, idols. They were idol worshippers. They had many different gods and goddesses, even had to worship the Roman emperor. And uh, so there was no fulfillment to it, no truth to it. And so the people were lost and anxious and wanted to make a connection with with something greater than themselves, but they didn't know what. They didn't know their creator. And here Paul and his team come into each town, and sometimes they would only be there for a few weeks before they're driven out, and sometimes there's a few towns where Paul would make it a year or two, but for the most part, uh, he would tell them the truth from the Bible. Uh, the Old Testament is all they had at the time, and he had firsthand witness accounts that they could share in their own account, Paul, like on his Road to Damascus account. So they weren't like... Paul, though very educated, they're not super learned, these early young churches. They're, they just are basing it on a, a lot of it, a testimony. And so that's a good example for us, that you, know, you don't have to have a doctorate in theology to go out and share the Bible. Share what Jesus Christ has done in your life. Share the testimony of, of how he's changed your life and other people's lives. And as you study the Bible, uh, let the Holy Spirit you know, use that excitement to share it. So again, we don't have to be theologians to share the Bible. You can just be on fire for the Lord. Uh, of course, you want to teach what's doctrinally sound, so please get in the Bible and read it and learn what the Bible has to say. But, uh, you know, just share your faith. That's all the Lord's asked us to do. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into the Truth Will Set Hebrew Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista and Nathan Jones with Landline Ministries. As we're talking about Bible prophecy missionaries, very exciting. Nathan, and, and what I love about Paul is that, again, his message was basic. His message was the Lord, salvation. But also in verse 10, what really excited his people was when he began to talk to them about prophecy in the future, about the coming of the Lord. But not only that, but also that God has delivered us from the wrath to come. And Nathan, we are not appointed unto wrath as a church, right? First Thessalonians 1.10, along with 5.9 and Re Revelation 3.10 and other verses point to the fact that God has poured out his wrath on this earth in the past. And that was the flood. He judged mankind for its great wickedness and rebellion against him and reset humanity through Noah and his family. The Lord is going to do that again. He's going to pour out his wrath yet again in an event called the tribulation, a seven-year time period where God is going to put 21 judgments upon the world to punish sin, but also to make it so bad that people finally get on their knees and cry out to Jesus to save them. And so the church, that anyone who's saved, who's accepted Jesus Christ their Savior, is part of the church, capital C, or another term the Bible uses is the bride of Christ. And the bride is promised not to have to endure the wrath of God. So this is one of those wonderful verses here, 1 Thessalonians 1.10, that tells us that Jesus himself will deliver us from God's wrath so that the tribulation, we will not have to live through it and endure it. We will be, as other verses will read, raptured or taken up to heaven as a church before that God's wrath comes upon the world. Mm, and Nathan, that is that is good news. I can see why these individuals were so excited 
and why they brought this message where, wherever they went, that the Lord was coming back. And Nathan, when you and I went through the book of First Thessalonians, one thing that you and I pointed out was that pretty much almost every chapter ends with the coming of the Lord, right? <laughs> <laughs> this was a very important message. Uh, people say, well, the Apostle Paul invented the rapture teaching. It's not in the Bible, but that's not true. Jesus talked about it quite proficient. Uh, and uh, John 14, Matthew 24, and Luke 21, he uh, talked about the second coming. But as prophecies were more were giving and what's called progressive revelation, more information was given later to Paul. And then even later than that, 50 years later, that to the Apostle John. And so we got more and more picture of what's going to happen in the end times. And it shows that, that the Bible teaches that the those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior will endure, obviously, because we're followers of Jesus, tribulations, problems, little t tribulations. But the wrath of God is different. It's an event. It's a big T, the tribulation. And Christians are promised not to have to endure that. And how we do not have to endure it is, one, we, we die before this tribulation comes, naturally, before this time period comes. Or for one generation, a particular generation will not have to endure the tribulation. They will not experience death. They will be raptured or taken up to heaven before the wrath of God comes down upon the earth. Mm, excellent point. And what a, what a wonderful hope we have. And Nathan, you made a good point. It, we have different beliefs out there uh, when it comes to the rapture. We always say that, uh, you know, we, we cannot be divided as brothers and sisters, but we, we believe that according to scripture, the Bible is clear that the rapture is going to take place. We oftentimes say too that really uh, the most important thing is love. Not so much the, uh, uh, our theology, uh, and and that's another great division that we have there. But but I do like Nathan also First uh, Thessalonians four, verses nine through twelve. If you can read that for us before we get into verses thirteen, because it's almost like a reminder there, Paul to those um, believers how important it is for us to have that love as brothers and as the body of Christ more than anything. Absolutely. Uh, it's a fantastic verse. First Thessalonians 4, 9 begins, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your hands as we commended you, that you may walk properly towards those who are outside, and that you may lack nothing. Mm. And, and of course, Nathan, I love that because one of the things there that I always try to tell people is, look, you might have a different belief when it comes to eschatology, end times, but at the end, we need to, you know, it's brotherly love. Our, our society, our world needs to see us united, not divided, unless it's some gross uh, sin that is not found in the Bible. We cannot unite there. But if it's simple theological things, hey, let's agree to disagree uh, and move forward, right? Absolutely. And uh, there's no reason that we should be divided over what's called secondary doctrine. In other words, doctrine that is not connected to salvation. But, and this is a big but, how you interpret Bible prophecy will color how you see God. God's love, God's sense of justice, God's purpose for humanity, God's purpose for his son Jesus Christ, God's purpose for the Jews. Uh, you know, So prophecy interpretation is very important that we get it right. And we can get it right through what we like to call the golden rule of interpretation. If the plain sense makes sense, 
look for no other sense lest you end up with nonsense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, many people interpret the Bible and specifically Bible prophecy uh, through either reading into what they wanted to say or looking at newspapers, which they call newspaper exegesis, <laughs> and coming up with, with interpretations that don't fit the Bible. Let the Bible interpret itself, and you'll get the best view. Now, we don't have all the, all the facts yet about how the end times are going to look. I see Bible prophecy as a hundred-piece puzzle, and the Lord's given us 75 pieces. We kind of know what the whole thing looks like, but until events finally happen, we don't have those missing pieces. So we can agree to disagree on certain parts, but uh, I will state emphatically for those who deny that there's a rapture teaching the Bible, there most certainly is a rapture teaching the Bible right there, actually, in 1 Thessalonians 4. And so that is definitely a doctrine of the Bible. Absolutely. And Nathan, that's why we are definitely pre-trib. We believe that we're not going through the wrath of God or the, any part of the tribulation. But according to what we're going to read next is why we believe that there is a rapture according to scripture. It's not a modern day teaching that someone invented, but it's actually something that was already in the Bible thousands of years ago. Would you be able to take us, Nathan, there to chapter four, verses 13 through 18 for us? Oh, okay. Now, this is getting at the heart of the, one of the rapture teachings. It's not the only one, but this is the uh, one of the main ones. And we got here, uh, turn to 1 Thessalonians 4. Let's start with verse 13. And Paul says, But I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, in other words, died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, raptured up, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, Comfort one another with these words. And I say, hallelujah, come, Lord Jesus, come. Nathan, what, I mean, I will be shouting uh, from the rooftop myself with a message like this that was brought to me by a missionary team or, or, or a letter that was written again to uh, encourage me. This is just amazing. It is, it is, because here Paul is, is adding to what Jesus taught, and then Later, John and, and uh, will in his epistles and in the book of Revelation add even more details. But what this verse is telling us is that during this church age, that from Pentecost up to the rapture, people are dying. <laughs> Over 2,000 years, people have been dying. But those who have died in Jesus Christ, in other words, they've accepted Jesus as their Savior, their sins are forgiven, they're children of God, they're part of the capital C church, the bride of Christ. When they die, the Bible equates it to as being asleep. Not that they're asleep in the ground, only their bodies are, but they are the real part of them. Their souls are up in heaven in intermediate, tangible bodies awaiting what's called the resurrection or the rapture. At some point in time, and I believe it's soon, Jesus Christ is going to come out of the clouds and he's going to resurrect all those who are, have been up in heaven waiting for the resurrection. They will get their glorified eternal bodies. And here it says, we who are alive, or believers in Jesus Christ, we're not going to die, but we're going to be also raptured. That's caught up. Uh, the transliteration of the Latin rapio is rapture in English. We will be caught up or raptured up to heaven with those who've already died, and we will then all be with Jesus Christ forever and ever. And that 
will be an event that happens before God pours out his wrath on the earth in a seven-year tribulation time period as the prophet Daniel prophesied. Nathan, I just love that. And we know that we're entering right into the Feast of Trumpets. And we believe, man, that can even happen this month, even right now. Right. And, and again, you threw out Feast of Trumpets just so people know there are seven feasts that the Bible gives the Jewish people. And there's pro prophetic significance to each one. Four of them have already passed the Spring Feast. There's three Fall Feasts. And the Fall Feast, one of them is the Feast of Trumpets. And so... Some believe, and I think there's a good argument because four feasts have already been fulfilled prophetically, that this Feast of Trumpets might be this trumpet that we hear when Jesus returns and calls his church up to him. Jesus in Matthew 24 says we cannot know the day or hour, and clearly we do not know the day or hour of his return, but the Feast of Trumpets actually falls across a few days. So we don't know the day or hour, but very well, this could be the Feast of Trumpets that is equated, again, we don't know for sure, but... It could be that the rapture will happen this September 18th through 20th because the Feast of Trumpets falls on that. Now, it could not. I'm not going to set a date. I don't know. But prophetically, it seems to be significant. And so who knows? If that interpretation of that verse is the last trumpet, it could be the mean the last Feast of Trumpet of the church age. And Nathan, it doesn't hurt to pack a bag. I have one packed already, ready to go. Just, you know, hey, you never know. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can't take it to heaven, brother. Sorry. <laughs> uh, actually, I always kid around like that because the thing is that someone once said, you know, if you really believe in rain, then you need to carry an umbrella. In other words, <laughs> so, so I always say, hey, if we're talking about that the rapture can happen and it can happen at any moment, we need to have a bag packed in a sense, you know, because we're ready to go. Although you can't take it to heaven. You can't. But spiritually, you need to be ready and that be spiritually ready means that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior so that your sins are forgiven and Amen. that you can stand before him sinless and pure. And if you haven't done that today, then you can pray from your heart, out of faith, pray, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus Christ will forgive you of your sins. You're on a right relationship with the Father, and you will inherit not only eternal life in heaven, but a promise of the rapture. Mm, um, Nathan, amazing. And listen, maybe you trusted the Lord right now from wherever you are. We'll love to hear from you. Give us a call, 305-992-9537. We would love to celebrate with you and send you a Bible so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And there's a celebration in heaven for every individual that repents and turns to Christ. You know, Nathan, as we close, I love Jesus' last words uh, when he gave us that great commission, what he says, Jesus said, and he commanded them. Uh, he says, all authority has been given to me, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And, and that is that missionary uh, 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 sound uh, that, that we need to be moving forward, right, Nathan, and bringing this good news of the soon return of, of the Lord, because he's coming very, very soon. Right. That's that's the walk, walk, walking orders that Jesus Christ has given us to go out and share the gospel, share your testimony. Let people know that Jesus Christ can forgive them of their sins and they can have the same salvation that we have. And we will be then the missionaries as well, all the way up to Jesus Christ's return. 
Woo, amen. So, Nathan, again, thank you so much for being part of the program. I know we went over by a few seconds, but, man, it's always such a wonderful time to have you on. Always, brother. Great to be here. Thank you. And, of course, for those of you that have been part of the program, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but the lines will be open. In case you have any questions or you need a prayer, you can call or text 305-992-9537. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you.